0: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the money nerds podcast where owning a calculator budgeting your money and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Okay, week three is all about doing a yearly financial review. And keep in mind, this is a repost from last year's challenge. I'm doing this as we speak. I'm going through these action steps again to do a yearly recap. And this week is kicking my butt. So I'd love to hear from you too. Tag me on Instagram and let me know how did this week go for you. All right, enjoy the episode. What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited that you're here because this is week three of our last 30 days challenge. Now, if you're new to this series, make sure you go back to week one and listen to all of the content there as well as week two. It does kind of build on each other. So if you skip around, you'll probably be okay, but it's best if you go through week by week. So This week is going to be a lot of fun and a lot of work, I'm not going to lie, because week three is all about conducting a yearly financial review. What I find so often is that we go through life and we don't actually start to think through, how did I truly do? We look back and we say, yeah, I think I did okay. I maybe paid these bills. I maybe had a couple big expenses, but as a whole, I did all right, but we actually don't have any data to prove that. So that's why we're going through this challenge. And I know it's incredibly hard to know what areas to improve upon if you've never taken the time to figure out which pieces need improvement. So that's why we're getting into the weeds and we're going to be understanding exactly where your money went during 2017. Now, before we get started, I've created a lot of cheat sheets and resources to help you through this section because it's a little bit, as I mentioned, it's a little bit of work. And so I've got some templates that will help you. So to download all of the materials, it's completely free. There's no email opt-in required. Go to WhitneyHanson.com slash last 30 days week 3 So go there. It's also linked in the show notes. So if you need to, to access it that way, you can definitely do so. But that's where you can get all of the materials. And we're going to just go ahead and dive in. So this is going to take you probably a two to three days to complete everything, Super, super normal, so maybe block off this weekend and just sit down and go through your yearly financial review. Okay, let's dive in. Step one is journal prompts and a checklist for the past year. So when we're thinking about your yearly financial review, it's important to take time to reflect on how the year went. So without diving into the numbers yet, I want you to ask yourself the following questions, and this is also a journal prompt that you can download. Number one, what were your financial goals at the beginning of 2018? What did you set out to do? What were those things that you really wanted to accomplish? Question two, what were some of your big purchases during 2018? Did you have a year that was full of more medical expenses? Maybe you traveled more. Uh, maybe you purchased a new car. You bought a home. You got a wedding ring because you were now engaged and you're getting married. Home renovations, whatever it is, what were those big purchases? I want you to identify each and every single one of those. Question three, do you feel that you're finishing the year in a better or worse financial position? And either way, what contributed to the results that you ended with? What were those factors that were included in there? Question four, what did you accomplish this year that you're the most proud of? And then question five, what did you do this year that you're the most disappointed in? So these are going to help you start to reflect on 2018 from a more holistic financial perspective and start to see what did contribute to your overall financial results. So whatever you're ending with this year is probably because of some bigger purchases or maybe just some life changes. Maybe you got laid off from a job, but it's important to know what actually happened during 2018. And I find journaling to be one of the best ways to get clear on that and help you get a little bit more clarity around what actually went down. Okay, now the second part of step one is going through this checklist that I've created. So this checklist is gonna help you give you I guess, a better picture of everything holistically with your financial life. So I ask you uh, questions, true or false questions. So print this off. If you're in a relationship, go through all of these steps together. I think it's a really good thing to do as a couple. And if you're rocking the single life, no big deal. Just print it off and go through this on your own. But some of the questions, just to give you a little bit more information on it, is my essential expenditures, (laughs) that was really hard to say, are 50% or less of my take-home pay. This is stuff like housing, utilities, groceries, insurance, gas, and car, et cetera. I have six months of of living expenses earmarked as an emergency fund, true or false. So it goes through a lot of different areas of what would be recommended for a better financial life. So print that off, go through it, and see how you did. Basically, if you answered false to any of the questions, then there means there's room for improvement. It's not necessarily that's wrong. It's just an area that you might want to look into a little bit further. Okay. So once we're finished with step one, then we're ready for step two. Step two is to pull your credit report and check your credit score. Now here's the thing. At least once a year, you should be checking your credit, even if it's already in tip-top shape. But this is especially important around the holidays because that's when identity theft is at an all-time high. I just read a news article just this week, actually yesterday, of a family that transferred money Eighty thousand dollar house down payment fund that they had been saving for fifteen years to get their house, they transferred it. The wife transferred the money, wired transferred it to somebody, which she thought was the title company through her real estate agent's email address. They sent her an email saying, "Hey, this is what to do with the house down payment. Send it to this account. Wire it over." She did. They completely lost eighty thousand dollars. It's freaking nuts. So that's one example of identity theft that I see around this time of year. The other piece, too, here in Boise, there were a few people that just got caught basically putting, like, a fake card reader inside of the gas pumps. And so when you swipe your card and you enter your PIN, it tracks all of that information. It stores it all in this, like, fake little card reader. So there's a lot of theft in general around this time of year. It's just crazy. And it's sad that it's around the holidays, but that's when people are most vulnerable. And a lot of times, people don't even realize that stuff is happening. So somebody could open up a credit card under your name. And if you never look at your credit report, you have no idea. And that's the problem, is we want to make sure that we're keeping identity theft at bay, plus just getting a better sense of how everything's looking on our credit report. So that's why we're doing step two. So when you pull your credit report, you have kind of two different options. You can go directly through annualcreditreport.com and get your free credit report there. Highly, highly recommend that. It asks you a lot of questions and some of the questions are legitimately the wrong answer. So that's kind of intentional. So just be aware of that too. So if you're looking through the, the questions, you're like, oh my God, I've never lived at this address or I have no clue who this person is. That's okay. That's probably a little throwaway question where they're trying to see if you truly are who you say you are. So don't be alarmed by that. If that is a little bit too much work, um, and you want to go an easier route, I personally am a big fan of Credit Karma. It's free, and you can pull your report and see your score directly there. Keep in mind, Credit Karma, their whole thing is that they're going to pitch you credit cards because that's how they make money. So just be aware of that. And if you feel like there's a little bit too much temptation on that, then ignore it and just go directly through annualcreditreport.com and then maybe talk to your bank and get a, a credit score pulled for you. Now, when you have your credit report, here are the things that we're looking for. First and foremost, is everything on your credit report accurate? Are there any accounts open in your name that you don't recognize? And are balances correct or pretty darn close? That's the first thing you're looking for. Now, the second thing that you're looking for is if you do have credit cards, are you utilizing less than 30% of the credit limit? So for example, if you have a credit card with a $2,000 limit, are you charging $600 or less? if you are utilizing more than 30%, your score is not going to be as high as it it could be. So make sure that you're actively paying down credit cards so that you're below that 30% utilization. Okay. Are you with me so far? The next piece that you're going to do at this stage is to request a credit limit increase. Now, pause for a second. Hear me out on this one before you request a limit increase, if you're currently experiencing any credit card debt, I want you to completely ignore this step. Completely ignore it because it's likely gonna cause you more debt in your life. But if you have a credit card and you're paying it off in full every single month, every single month you're paying it off, then requesting a credit limit increase will actually improve your overall credit score because it increases the amount of credit you have available to you. And if you don't change your spending habits if you keep charging just barely, I mean, what used to be 30% or less, if it's now that case, you're probably sitting at closer to 10 maybe 15% of your overall utilization. So it's boosting your credit score. If you don't quite understand how credit works and you do want to learn a little bit more, then definitely go through my free credit workshop. It's on my website. If you go to WhitneyHanson.com, click on courses, you can click on the credit 101 workshop. It's free. It's awesome. And it'll teach you all about capacity utilization and then the difference between preferred and non-preferred cards. But that's what we're going to be doing during step two is all about looking into our credit report and checking our credit score. All right, step three is probably my favorite one ever, and we're going to be calculating your net worth at the start and at the end of 2018. So hopefully, you've been tracking your net worth. If you haven't, now is the time to start. So I personally track my net worth at least on a monthly basis. Sometimes I skip a month because I get a little bit lazy, but in general, I try to aim for monthly. So I want you to go back to the very beginning of the year and calculate what your net worth was, and then calculate your net worth today and see if it has improved or decreased. Now, your net worth might go down if you had a large purchase. So when I made uh, my, my car purchase, when I purchased it last year or this year, I can't even remember when I bought my car, it? when I purchased my car, my net worth did drop. But as a whole, we want our net worth to grow over time and not decrease. So if you're kind of new to this and you're like, I don't understand what a net worth is, it's actually a really simple formula. We take our assets and we subtract our liabilities and that gives us our overall net worth. Now, net worth is in my opinion, and a lot of financial professionals' opinions, that, that is the key number for your entire life. That is the sole number that matters the most. More than how much you have in your bank account, more than your credit score, your net worth is the number that matters. So when we're talking about how to calculate this, and I say assets, assets are things like the market value of your home. Some people argue that that doesn't belong there. I personally do put it in my net worth calculation cash in the bank including your emergency fund value of your investments as of today so if you liquidated you turned all of sold all of your stocks and your bonds and all everything if you did that how much money would you have the appraised value of the assets around your home so maybe you have like some crazy pez dispenser collection if you do please send me an email cuz that's like the coolest thing ever But if you have like a crazy collection of some type, then get that appraised and see how much that's actually worth. So if you were to sell all of your stuff, what would you get out of it? Also include your HSA or your FSA accounts or your health savings accounts or your flex spending accounts, any money that you have there, the Kelly Blue Book value of your car. So go to kellybluebook.com, type in what kind of car you have, the mileage, everything about your car, and start to see how much is your car, car truly worth. And basically, when we're thinking of assets, it's anything that you can convert to cash. Now, don't go too crazy with this. Try to keep it pretty simple. Um, You could probably sell your outdoor furniture, but I would not include that. I I think that's a little bit too extreme, in my opinion. But that's the kind of stuff that we're looking for. And liabilities are also simple. It's basically anything that you owe. So student loans, credit card debt, money that your parents lent you, your car loan, your home loan. If you include your home as an asset, you've got to include the mortgage as a liability. Mortgages on investment properties, anything you owe there, the balance on your HELOC, um, any debt that you have should be included in this section. And then once you have those things detailed out, subtract the two and that gives you your net worth. So keep in mind, guys, that it is not uncommon for your net worth to be negative. In fact, I see so many people getting to a net worth of zero, and that is a big enough feat. And I, I get it. For a long time, I was at a negative net worth as well. So don't be embarrassed or ashamed of where you are. We're all at very, very different places, and sometimes, you know, embarrassment at the end of the day, it's not an excuse for ignorance. You've got to know your numbers. So that's why I'm such a big fan of calculating your net worth in the Google Drive folder that you can access at WhitneyHanson.com last 30 days, week three. That was a mouthful. When you go to that, that blog post, there's lots of different links where you can download a net worth tracker. So you can just plug in all of your information and it will automatically calculate this for you. Okay, we are like moving through this. So, step four this is the one that's gonna take the most time, but will be the most rewarding for the future. Step four, we have to get clear on how much your living expenses are costing you. So if you keep a monthly budget, now you guys are seeing why I like them so much. If you keep a monthly budget, it's super easy to do this. You just summarize it all for each of the different months and you're good to go. But if you don't keep a monthly budget, this is going to be a little bit more cumbersome. I do have a little secret to help you with this though. So here's what you want to know. At a minimum, we want to know how much you spent on housing, utilities, groceries, eating out, travel, hobbies, pet expenses if you have one, hair maintenance. I mean, I'm telling you guys, keeping this blonde is not cheap. Let me just be real honest here. Medical expenses, insurance premiums, and debt payments. So we want to figure out over the course of 2018, how much did you spend on these different categories? Now, some of these are pretty simple, right? If you have a house, you know exactly how much your house is, take the monthly payment times it by 12, and you've got it. So if your house payment is $1,000 per month, times that by 12, you spent $12,000 during 2018 for just housing. Pet expenses, those can be a little bit tricky. So here's how I would personally conduct this and how I'm doing it with my little dog, Patrick. So I do a rough estimate of how much I spend on pet food. So pet food is you know, a bag of dog food's like 15, 20 bucks. And then how long does that last? And then times that by 12. So you can kind of back into that number. And then for vet bills, call your vet's office and see if they can give you a printout of your visits during 2018. So once you have that information, you can add it all up together and you can see how much that has actually cost you. And don't forget pet hair appointments as well. So my little dog, Patrick, has curly white hair and he, I mean, God, he's got a lot of hair. So he's got to get haircuts basically every like 12 weeks or eight to 12 weeks. It's kind of crazy. So don't forget to include that in there as well. Now for some of the other things that are a little bit more variable and kind of harder to calculate, like groceries, eating out, and hobbies, what we're going to do is we're going to do just a random sample audit. Okay, So choose four random months, say January, April, August, and November. And then I want you to look through all of the bank statements during that time. So ideally you'll print those off and keep them in front of you and then take a highlighter. And for those four months, go through and and highlight each of the different categories that you're checking for. So for example, let's say we're doing groceries and we find that in January we spent $400 on groceries. And in April we spent 300, August was maybe 200 and November was $450. Thank you for the holidays, right? November, it's always a little bit more expensive. So Altogether, that's a total of $1,350. So we're going to take that, we're going to divide it by four because there's four months that we're doing the sample for, and we're going to get an average of $337.50 per month. So if we take that average times it by 12, that gives us $4,050. So you most likely spent around $4,050 on groceries during 2018. So we're going to do this for every single one of these categories that you are curious about because that's going to give us a better idea of how did this truly go for us. The debt piece is the one I want you to do as well because that is so freaking eye-opening when you see how much money you're spending on just the debt payments, not the interest, just the payments over the course of a year. And you can see that number. It's easy to see what areas you want to improve upon when you actually have all that detail in front of you. So this one's going to take a little bit of time, but I promise this will definitely be the most eye-opening. So you might be wondering, how did this go for me? Well, frankly, I was a little bit shocked when I went through all of this stuff. I thought it was crazy to see how much money I spent on just random stuff. So travel is one of my big things. You guys know that. I was sitting at about $5,500 for travel over the course of 2018. So it was actually a little bit more than I anticipated because I wasn't necessarily counting conferences in my travel and I stupidly should have been. So I don't know. I was combining personal and business travel and viewing them as two very separate things, even though it still hits me at the end of the day in my personal budget in some capacity. So I thought it was crazy. I thought it was very eye-opening. I really appreciated seeing all of the numbers detailed out. And it's given me a really good idea of what I'm going to do differently in 2019. So here's the thing. We're starting from basically trying to like look back a year, which is a little tricky. So here's some tips for making next year's audit even easier. First and foremost, start budgeting now. Yes, if you start to budget and you're tracking all of your different expenses, this process becomes like so easy. It's just a, a quick summary That's all it is. You just have to add up a bunch of totals and you're there. So it makes it a lot easier. So start budgeting now for sure. And at the very least, at the very least, if you're not really a budgeting person, and I hope you are if you're listening to this podcast, but if you're not, then sign up for Mint, mint mint.com. So it will at least keep all of that data there for you. So that way you have some numbers to go off of at the end of the year. And then don't forget to track your net worth on a monthly basis, so you can either manually calculate it, that's what I do, or you can use an app like Personal Capital, super popular, a lot of people love it, so that one can work for you as well. And then keep these numbers in a Google Sheet, so all of these numbers that you just calculated, keep it in a Google Sheet so that you have access to that same exact data next time you do an audit. And ideally, your next audit is actually going to be in six months, so you can do a mid-year review and then see how things are going and make adjustments if you aren't happy with the results that you're getting. So that is it for week three. I know that's a ton. You're probably definitely going to need to go through the blog post to see everything detailed out, but this will be so good for us. I I mean, it was for me and I think it will be for you. I truly hope you've been enjoying this last 30 days challenge. I know it's definitely giving me some incentive to finish the, the year strong and off on a good foot I have been really, really enjoying it. And I know you have been too. Thank you so much for sharing your feedback so far and tagging me on Instagram in the private Facebook group, Manager Money Like a Boss. I love that you guys are loving this challenge and I hope that it really keeps you going and inspires you to finish strong. Thank you so much for listening in. We will be back next week for our last week of the last 40 Days Challenge and then we'll be back to the normal programming with our interview episodes. I appreciate you tuning in. If you have enjoyed this episode, leave me a review. It means the world to me. And I'm in a subtle competition with some of my other podcasters to try to get to a certain number of reviews by the end of the year. So if you want to help me achieve my goal and you got some value from this, take like five seconds and just leave me a five-star review. Totally means the world to me. Not at all required, but Hey, I mean, it would make me smile (laughs) if that's important to you. I don't know. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in guys. I will see you next week for another episode of the money nurse podcast. Bye.